0: welcome to the Total Clarity Podcast. My name's Jesse Hyatt.
1: And I'm Mike Varley. And behind us you hear our friendly New York Police Department playing Thriller from their PA system, because that's what amounts to outreach in this city. We have a guest with us today, the lovely Lauren Burry. He is a musician, a writer, and an all-around amazing artist. In fact, he is the genius behind our intro song.
2: These are Big words for a small song, so I, I appreciate you know the G, the G word. Um, usually, when I'm talking about geniuses in the park, it's uh, you know very late, and I'm not sure what they've been drinking. Um, you know, but but I but I uh, I'm honored to be called a genius early in today. Thank thank you, Mike.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for taking the time to be with us. We're yeah. excited to have you. Thanks, and thanks
2: for having me. Yeah. Yeah, thanks.
1: and a lot of people have complimented your work. Uh, they think it's a really great way to intro the show, and they have asked for some info on the music itself, okay. like where to where to hear it and whatnot, but why don't you tell us a little bit about like how it came to be? You cool, know? sure. Um, are we sure we don't want to re-record with me not
2: doing that bad joke about Genius?
1: No, I mean, <laughs> right. I am fully confident you're going to continue right. to do bad jokes. So. Okay, yeah. very good.
0: And good um, jokes too. Yeah, I mean it's a real. <laughs> of, we'll see. I would say most of your just mm-hmm. like this is right. maybe another introduction to all you, right. but I'd say most of your jokes right. are good jokes.
2: All right, all right. We might be looking
0: good. at like a nine to one ratio, nine, good to bad. Oh Does yeah. Does that feel good?
2: That's a uh, that's generous okay. at best. I think. Uh, most <laughs> the real put in ratio like that four, will be important
1: to yeah, keep a hold on right is thing. the tangential ratio to staying yeah. on topic ratio. Right. Ah yes. Right.
0: So, back to the topic of the song. That's
1: right.
2: Um, Yeah, so the song uh, and I'm just gonna just to try to thwart your program here. Okay. What if we do a move of chess between every uh, answer and question?
1: Okay, what if
2: you're just just gonna just not put a wrench in your wheel, but uh, you know, just raising the stakes. Okay. Okay, if you feel if if you feel like it. All right.
1: Mike Varley moves a pawn to E3. When you're starting, you can go two. Okay. The song Coincidentally, it's called Chess Street. For those not familiar, tell us about it.
2: Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, so I wrote that song um, in, actually a long time ago, uh, in 2012, when I was living in Portland, Oregon. I moved there without really knowing hardly anyone, um, and certainly, no, yeah, no one of like my say, age range. Um, some very dear friends of the family who became very close friends. My um, my um, grandmother's best friend's son and his wife live in Portland and um, kind of took me in, Uh, you know, I crashed with them for like a month, I think two maybe, a month or two uh, while I figured out, you know, what I was, you know, what what part of the city I would maybe move to and I was kind of just having a bit of a exploratory time right after college and I moved to Southeast Portland. I was teaching uh, in an after-school program. I was teaching songwriting and music and there was this guy who um, appeared one day, I don't know, I actually don't have any recollection of who he knew at the house, um, but I was living in this house in Southeast Portland on Gladstone and like 26th and in this place, was uh, this group of, like, of trad scene musicians. Okay. um, As in, like, Macedonian folk or Balkan music. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they were just really into uh, all of those types of music, a.k.a. they couldn't stand the kind of, like, poppy music I was making or, like, indie pop or whatever you want to call it, uh, orchestral indie at the time. And uh, they couldn't stand it. And it was great. I hadn't... um, My ego needed that. I hadn't really been around people like in college who were just very openly, you know, very frank about, um, like, you know, this is really shit music. And it was it was it was uh, refreshing to, you know, the honesty. So uh, I was kind of rethinking, you know, what um, how much do I listen to this kind of criticism? How how much do we not doing that? And I think ultimately I I decided that it didn't really matter and then I should just keep, you know, making stuff, Mm -hmm. obviously. But um, it was at that house, that's why I mentioned the story, I guess, of the house, that there's this guy. And I honestly, in my mind, he's like this character, this like mystery character, because I don't remember where he came from. I don't know why he was there. I don't remember his name, but this guy, he was like a traveler or something crashed at our house, I guess, or or, or maybe he was just passing through town. I don't know. This mystery traveler guy was at the house one day, uh, maybe seeing one of my roommates or something, and uh, he had a guitar, and we were talking about music, and I was very late in the game with uh, just about a year or two before that, sadly. I'd only then really uh, gone through my very late Bob Dylan phase that okay. everyone goes through usually a decade earlier or so than I did. Wait, um, you're thinking gosh. the
1: average age of Bob
2: Dylan is teenager. like twelve? Teenager? Oh, yeah. interesting. Not, I didn't do that it wasn't until for college. Me. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So mine was like just after slash after college. Okay. Okay. Which uh, was a little weird, um, especially for someone who like claimed to be like I uh, make music.
0: Right. Um,
2: so uh, I don't know. I'd gotten into some Dylan, but I, I didn't know you know past a couple albums that I loved Um, and this guy gave me a book of Dylan lyrics and uh, said he's like you know he's writing some songs and uh, we got to talking and we said uh, he said you know what how about if I come back tomorrow and we we both you know write a song between now and then and uh, I don't know it's it was kind of like uh dorky like theater workshop feelings yeah. mixed with like cool mysterious traveler dude okay, okay. Um, all right <laughs> i don't really remember actually if the i don't i might be telling the story wrong i haven't really thought about this in a long time either we wrote something and then showed each other in the backyard the next day when the, the guy came back or we like maybe wrote on the spot something okay. separately for an hour and then went to the, it might have been the okay. latter anyway I wrote a bunch of lyrics, just threw them up, and it was like the most, uh, it was kind of um, very kind of stream of consciousness mm-hmm. feeling, and that yeah, that's the song, and um, yeah, I guess that's about as much as, you know, it's already past the point of uh, a lot of words, so. So
1: there was some, there was a degree of mystical undertone to it, I mean, not necessarily something that uh, came entirely from you, but was, you know kind of blown in from somewhere else and then and then just as easily departed I, like how long was he in your life
2: uh not any time before or after that yeah. oh, wow. I, I never saw him again oh, yeah. i i you know if you're listening to the highly viril- highly varlet uh, total clarity podcast i you know i s- i send you my thanks mysterious man uh <laughs> i wonder I if he is just another music, yeah, listening to the listening podcast. Listening, right or
0: in, if he's heard the song also. Mm.
2: Oh, that'd be funny. Um, yeah, I mean, it wasn't really, uh, you know, it wasn't like a famous, uh, it wasn't a hit. Uh, you know, that project never took off or anything. Yeah. But uh, I guess I played it in a lot of venues and um, opened for some bigger acts and kind of did some, fun things in that phase. but
1: um. Well, I've always enjoyed it a lot, uh, of course. We not only uh, use it for the podcast, but a number of years ago, we had the Quickie Crest Film Fest, which showed some of Jesse and I and a number of other people's sketch comedy show, Good Clean F, as well as my movie, Brunch the Movie. And part of the fest was collecting a number of short films that were seven minutes or less in length to show at Crest Hardware in Williamsburg. And we showcased the music video of Chess Street at that festival, which the the music video also is definitely, in my opinion, worth watching. I, it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's, I mean, tell us a little bit about that.
2: Thanks, uh, sure, gosh. Um, I'm jogging my memory. I've not thought about this in so long. Um, so, I was uh, I was in that year living in Portland. I finished making an album of like uh, maybe fourteen or fifteen songs in uh, in the summer. So about a half a year into living there, and that fall, I think um, I had this idea that I would try to make a music video and specifically one that was a one-take video with like a choreographed movement Mm -hmm. around a large space Mm -hmm. and so the um, the I think it's called Beth Israel in Portland a synagogue allowed us to film which was very generous and um, my friend uh, and director Patrick Omara filmed this uh, with a steady cam and I got, I think, like, ten other friends to all dress uh, as tarot characters. Oh, I didn't and realize that they were tarot. Yeah, those are actually all tarot. So I was oh. dressed as, I was supposed to be the fool. Okay.
1: And, um... I just kind of pictured them as vaguely Victorian. Oh, uh, right. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, that was a crazy part of it, is we actually got these, um, we rented these Baroque Renaissance costumes from, like, one or two costume stores in okay. Portland, which right. was really weird and yeah, surprisingly right not as expensive as you'd think. It was, like, not too bad. Um, it was really crazy. So between that and um, my friend Mia, Patty's wife, um, made all of these fantastic, uh, these paintings on cardboard and things, mm. and like the props, like where, where it says uh, Chess Street by Met City, yeah. um, which was that old, that's the moniker of the old band, um, and... Uh, Gosh, what else? I, th- I think there were swords and things. I don't, I'm yeah. spacing on a lot of it, but... Um...
1: There were, uh, the, there was a boat, and then in order to simulate waves, there was fabric attached to sticks that were moved up and down. Right. and whatnot. Yeah. But it was, uh, you know, it, the, the one-shot nature of it is uh, very well done. There are characters that are getting killed by... Cardboard swords, and then running off camera, and then coming back as something else in another iteration, and it really there's there's no instance where it feels uh, poorly done. It seems like everything everybody hits their beat,
0: yeah, which is it's pretty really impressive. impressive.
1: Cool, thanks. We um, we got there at the synagogue early
2: in the morning, I think, um, and we just ran through this kind of choreography or like the you know the steps that everyone was going to move. Um, I don't know how many times like fifteen 20 times or something yeah. to practice before even filming right and um, it was a blast we rehearsed it I think first on maybe a basketball or tennis court or something somewhere yeah and um, it was a lot of fun yeah it, it was definitely a weird uh, a weird beginning to basically like adult life was was make was making that or um or well, I, w- I wish I had a succinct thing to say about it. I guess my, my I'm clearing the cobwebs as we're talking, but yeah, yeah. Such as, uh, is whose it, turn? Whose turn is? I think it, it might be our turn. I have another. question. Not that I'm more interested in this chess game than uh, no, humiliating we,
0: myself. You know, gotta keep I, you know, gotta keep, I, keep moving. Was forward the, in the so game the of chess. as
1: as far as the instrumentation of the song, which is the thing that most of our millions of listeners would be familiar with, <laughs> what? Is so, you talked about the lyrics, we've talked about the video. Right. How is it that the instrumentation, and maybe even in general, how is it when you write songs that the instrumentation comes about? Right. Is it lyrics first and then instrumentation most of the time, or the other way around?
2: Um, so, um, so for me, uh, all Producing songs for for me, it really comes from uh, songwriting first, mm-hmm. and um, you know everybody can do it in any number of ways, and there's no one right way. But for me, um, it's it's kind of it's about the, the song itself first before I ever think about arrangement. Unless I mean sometimes arrangement ideas can come uh, at the same time, but, uh, but for me, I, I like to make sure that uh, that that lyrics and melody feel strong, and then I'll uh, and then. And then chords solidified, but sometimes that can happen at the same time, mm. um, and some percentage of the time I'll do that in reverse, and then I'll think about arrangement. Um, and as a producer, um, I was either I was either producing my albums and putting together uh, bands, and you know I would roughly arrange some parts, and other things I would act more as like a I would be like a bad, bad band shaman and be like, you know, you know, make this kind of sound or whatever, uh, it, and hope it went well as I was yeah. like figuring out music um, and uh, making up for my lack of uh, of knowledge uh, at the time past my own instruments, yeah. um, which primarily piano and, yeah. and and some guitar. And by then, like guitar was growing for me, but. Um, So at the time though, yeah, my friend Austin uh, produced that album with me, Stockholm Fancy.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: And really, I mean, so much of what you're hearing is really Austin and his dad, Jim. Uh, His dad, Jim Hoke, is playing the flute. And Mm -hmm. um, Austin, Austin really did the bulk of the arrangement, really. I mean, in terms of the composition, that was like, those are my chords that we kept to. Yeah. um, That I'd written on guitar in the weird, uh you know elven nook of that house in southeast portland i had this bazaar little and i used to like kind of hide in it it was like smaller than uh i could really fit into but i would crouch into this and i would have my notebook out because uh i was teaching aftercare and having a quarter life crisis um so you know like you do and yeah, just trying to write songs and and uh make good on all that was learned from the adventures of uh meeting Mystery Travel Man. Yeah. I, I I wish I remember that dude's name or, or uh, I
1: think it's probably better you don't.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Mystery
0: yeah. Travel Man it is big. Feels, he can have any name right. that way. It
2: really feels cinematic that he just kind of this guy just this person showed up and was like, you should be thinking more about lyrics like this maybe.
1: Mr. Jones.
2: Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah yeah he Mr. Jones cracks me up because he shows up in so many other people's songs. Clearly a different character, but everybody loves Mr. Jones, have yeah. you noticed this? Mm. I can't rattle off the, the song titles and artists, but there are multiple Mr. Jones and, fam- and famous songs.
1: Anyway, <laughs> we uh, will <laughs> no, put the so the music, or we'll put the link to the video and a link to the yeah. song for those that are curious and uh, haven't heard the full song at this point. But yeah,
0: are yeah. you currently making any music, or what, or do you want to talk about your most recent music endeavors? Sure.
2: Yeah. Um, Yeah, for like, uh, for a fair amount of time now, maybe a year and a half or two, I've been um, making music again, and uh, it's a new, it's kind of a new project, uh, synth pop Mm -hmm. kind of music, and I'll actually finally start releasing music from it next year sometime. So, yeah, I'm very excited about that. I'm hoping to finish an album maybe by the end of the year.
0: That's exciting. Thank you. We saw, we came to a show of yours uh, probably about maybe a year and a half ago at the Essex Club, Uh. the Ludlow Club.
2: Oh, yeah, Ludlow House. The Ludlow House. Yeah.
0: Was that similar to what you're doing now, synth pop? Was that, Um, because you had a lot of, mm. like, equipment and it was, it was really fun it was Thanks. really cool and i think you said at the time that it was like you were almost like almost like how a comedian would like test out jokes like you were almost like doing segments of songs and some of them were fully finished but in a way i think that's what you said that some of it was like the raw version am yeah. i getting that right
2: yeah yeah i yeah I'm, i probably i think i must have said something like that because at the time I had, I kind of, I was just self-producing these things on my own at first, and I had made these sort of like rough demos Mm -hmm. uh, and arrangements for all the songs, and I was just, I don't know, just kind of playing them out um, alone, and for the first time playing things out alone, but like with um, more gear than I could play, like using, using some Ableton, tracks or like some harmonizing with myself with um with a a vocal effects processor Mm -hmm. and things and um yeah i was just kind of trying it out and i felt like there was uh i realized that it was different than the stuff i had made in the past hence my like sort of producing it differently Mm -hmm. too um, was that it felt kind of uh funny like it felt kind of silly yeah and uh so i thought it felt it kind of called for workshopping the way you might like jokes on a comedy club i thought not that i know anything about comedy not that i've ever done stand-up but uh it felt like it called for making a fool of myself repeatedly until i got it wrong enough to be right yeah and uh yeah that was when this group paper garden records was still active in new york uh before their founders moved um, out of the country they they were doing these like soho house or soho house ludlow i forget what it's called um, yeah shows um and yeah there were just a, f- a few shows like like that um that yeah they were it's fun to kind of test stuff out yeah
1: so i know that you have moved recently and jesse both jesse and i i mean jesse can speak for herself i know that i've lived at a minimum number of locations in New York City. Mm. Uh, you know, eight years in one place, five years in another. And my recollection of your moving history is that you have moved quite a number of times.
2: Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Next question. <laughs> Next question. Um, <laughs> this is a thing politically I'm not willing to share and I've been coached on uh, avoiding. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I've, I've moved uh, a significant number of times.
1: Which one had the best kitchen? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, oh, you got go. to go.
0: You don't get to move I every time. You have the best kitchen.
2: I mean, I'd have to think about it. Um, Here we are. I don't know. I guess probably one of the, probably one of the apartments in Bushwick. Mm.
1: Um, yeah, I don't really know. If there I, was that one we visited one time, you had people over for eating. That was a pretty nice kitchen. It was it was yeah. open.
0: You made a curry, I think, and it was...
1: Oh, oh, like the Halloween
0: a, party
2: you guys just had? No. Or no, it, it was, um, it might have been Halloween? a Sunday
0: dinner, or it might have been a separate dinner that Wait, you were did
2: we hosting. have
1: Hala? Maybe. Oh, yeah. I, yeah I don't think so. No, oh, Okay. There,
0: it, there was definitely uh, a curry.
2: Um, I'm... So, oh, was there...
0: You were doing, like, it was regular curry like, parties. This was, like, in 2015? maybe uh that could yeah. be right yeah, yeah. had a lot of
2: curry going
0: yeah
2: didn't we didn't really get it going truly regularly but we did it a few times
0: yeah
2: it was in bushwick i think on hart street i was living that a block right. from molasses from molasses books mm. uh, this awesome bookstore in bushwick and making curry and living in a closet um, it was the curry closet
0: <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> That was probably the best kitchen in a way yeah um but literally i was living it was a tenement building and i was living in a a tiny room that was separate from the rest of the apartment so to go to the bathroom i had to walk through the hallway
0: oh really and i was
2: paying like 500 a month wow to live in brooklyn it was really a dream come true when i was like um i don't know in one of my in my last college year i guess i played a show at this venue where I went to school, uh, Bloomington, Indiana. And um, there was this musician, there was this band we were opening for from Brooklyn who was like in town for this like cool secret like record label showcase or something. And I talked to the singer after the show and I was like, what's Brooklyn like? And she was like, yeah, it's amazing. And uh, uh, she was talking about how to make ends meet while you're like, you know, rummaging like for a living and it like really made me think like oh this sounds terrible and she and I just it always stuck with me that she was like yeah and I live in this like closet of a space for for, like 500 bucks a month and it's incredible you know that I found such a good deal and I'm thinking like that's not gonna be me Um, I'm gonna find like a better I'll find a better place like I'll search oh you know it'll
1: be like friends
2: yeah and that was yeah it'll be like friends yeah where you have like for no, a house. No reasonable reason. Uh, no reasonable reason. Why. For no, uh, without any rational explanation, all of your friends apparently have a twelve hundred square foot apartment in the West Village. Where you yeah. Hang out. yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, when you work as like an intern in fashion and yeah. a like prep cook or something. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've yeah. never seen the show.
2: <laughs> I've never seen the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The you one know, that's where like Jesse lives. Pop- that's what we'll title of this episode. <laughs> uh, Lack of Clarity, the podcast. That's
1: actually something we have noticed for some reason while walking around the city. Wearing Friends apparel is very common.
0: But it's like not not always Friends, like sometimes it'll like say something else, but it'll be in the Friends font with like those little dots in between or like we saw a graduation like 2020 high school graduation, but it was all written out in the Friends font. And oh, it was like the one where they graduated. It was, and it's like, we can't really figure out why that in particular is the thing that people have... Well,
2: I, I was going to say, Friends is like the most watched show in the world. Oh. Do, do you know, uh, people from all over the world specifically watch Friends to learn English. Yeah. Oh, it, it's, it's really? Like oh, I the, didn't know that. Yeah, it's like the most watched show internationally. I don't really know like a rating if it really is ranked number one, but yeah. I feel like it's the one I most consistently hear people from other countries saying either they love or they watched it to learn english to from learn or english. both oh that's like really interesting like everyone watches friends every country uh, that you so might funny. have a friend from that's funny well it's like a
1: sitcom friends. telenovela in a way cuz they just constantly find ways for the various people to romantically connect yeah it's white noise it's basically television white noise and so i guess it's just not yeah yeah
0: you're learning you're learning english from friends and you just <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah ding,
0: ding, ding. it's gonna be
1: a, <laughs> like, like, a great part to edit later tonight well, well, uh, what if all
2: you could yeah what if all you could communicate after watching friends is it's like you know Rachel oh Rachel oh my god I, did you know that Lauren learned all his English from watching friends Oh, Rachel <laughs> we passed the hummus Rachel could I be I don't even
1: could I be <laughs> I'm not even
2: sure if I'm getting the right name.
0: Rachel we... was Jennifer Aniston.
2: Is that the one he's always pining for? David Ross Schwimmer was, yeah. David, uh, yeah, right. Ross. Yeah, I've That's never right. seen the show. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah.
2: No, in high school, people used to say, the popular kids said that I reminded them of Ross from Friends, oh, wow. which in hindsight was offensive. Was it? That's like the whiny one. I, yeah. Yeah, I, I happen to like was David like Schwimmer, the but kind
0: of sad uh, character. He's
2: a good. I don't know. He's anything. a good actor. Is that a monkey on that man's back? No, it's a dog. That really looks Whoa, like it's, a monkey. That's like a
0: big dog for a backpack. It's a giant
2: monkey. Yeah. Sir, monkeys are not allowed in this park.
0: It's a monkey dressed like a dog in a backpack for Halloween. Yeah.
2: Not since the monkey fiasco of 2018 are, are they allowed
1: in McCarran Park. Is that so. real? Yeah. It's, it's your move. Wait,
0: what happened in the 2018 monkey why
1: fiasco? Why are you why are you taking his bait? There is no way there was a monkey <laughs> monkey fiasco of 2018. I wanna <laughs> Nor hear would about he it. I wanna
0: know about it. If I
2: there <laughs> Um, okay, so for those of you who are still listening to this podcast, I want you to know that the monkey fiasco of 2018 isn't just real, it could very well happen again in the next, you know, by 2025, it's predicted that no fewer than 50% of the New York City parks are, are going to be overrun by monkeys.
0: Yeah, well, is that because they live under the soil?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah.
0: No. I think I have heard about this. Yeah. I think it was on an episode of Friends.
2: Yes, and it depends on the kind of soil, though. I'm sorry, I've just totally hijacked the show. Is I'm Marcel
1: their king? I'm sorry. I, look, you two, you, you now have a job to do. You have to bring this to a conclusion, so I don't.
0: <laughs> <Go> <laughs> Who on. is Marcel? This is a diplomatic Marcel, I'm a, throwing
1: no. you a bone here. Marcel is the monkey from Friends. Oh, oh right.
0: I knew it sounded familiar. <laughs> oh,
1: Mike is
2: diplomatically handling. He did not like this joke. He's like, no, it's cool. We can keep this joke. We gotta find a you way. Gotta, you gotta figure it, it out. A joke. Oh, look at this doggy.
1: And that's how we finish and it. And there's the next monkey. We're uh, done. done. dog. Oh wait, I understand. You think dogs are monkeys.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, fun story. Uh, Ariel's parents taught her from a young age that cows are called ducks.
0: No. And
2: ducks are called cows, so I, I she believe. Was,
0: so she'd mix it up all the time? Up until
2: like the third or fifth grade, I think third grade or something. Yeah. Um, the teacher said, what is this called? It was a cow and she goes, that's a duck. Uh, <laughs> true story, true prank. So that's what I've been doing. I've been monkeying the ducks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, dogs.
0: That's really oh funny. My God. Cows. I really like cows. that idea of like cow dogs. having, you know, doing everything else like kind of by the book with the kid. That you that you have, and then just teaching it a couple things wrong, just to see it. Yeah. I think that's very funny. Yeah,
2: yeah. You don't have to get all this right. Yeah. I think yeah. If we've thought in terms of uh, we don't have to do this right completely, maybe that'd be healthy.
0: Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, I think it creates a sense of humor too, because then you're like in a position where you're the only one that thinks that the cow is a duck, but you know what you're t- you're not like. you know that it is a duck because you've been told it's a duck and you've remembered that it's a duck. You know that it's a cow in concept, but you know that the name of the cow is a duck. And then you're put in a position where you have to explain why you think that cow is a duck. Moo. Okay. Quack. Is it my turn here? Sure. Um, I I'm, I'm
1: really learning that you don't remember or know much about chess. No, it's I've good.
0: only played it a couple times. The last time I played chess was probably was in 2000. Thank you. It was probably in 2011 against um, my friend Hardy's younger stepbrothers, who were like seven and eight years old. And I, they beat, they were very good at chess. And yeah. they beat Hello, and us a lot. Hi, how are, Hi. are you? <laughs>
2: Yeah.
1: I'm sorry. We don't have sorry. any money right now. But have a great day. That's the first time somebody has solicited us for money on the podcast. Uh, yeah. This is a good transition into one of the things that happened to us this week. Yeah. So for, we haven't even mentioned it, this week we have been walking around East Brooklyn. This is the last of our first impressions walks as well. So we've gone four months now, one third of our entire intended project duration, and most of these walks are, in te- uh, most of these first walks were first impressions walks, which is to say, no theme, moving forward we're going to be having a lot of themed walks but this is just kind of a general survey of different neighborhoods. So, right now we're in West Brooklyn. We are in McCarran Park in Williamsburg, but this whole week we were on the east side going through East New York and Marine Park mm-hmm. and- uh, Canarsie. Canarsie. That's a little right.
0: Little bit, kind of the edge of that neighborhood, but yeah. yeah.
1: And so, lots of interesting stuff down there. One of the interesting things is uh, Marine Park. Have you ever been to Marine Park? Yeah. yeah.
0: It's the biggest park in Brooklyn. Wow. Yeah, it's, yeah which I was really surprised because I always thought Prospect so Park Prospect, was the biggest, yeah. but it's actually about 20 acres bigger than Prospect Park, but it's a more like a nature preserve. Like there's a lot of trails, but there's a lot of salt marshes and, you know, like rock areas. So it's sort of like to keep the wild parts of New York wild Okay, is their thing. Um, And it's beautiful. I'd highly recommend going down there. There's, yeah, tons of hiking trails and that's basically what it is that you do there. You wouldn't, it's not like grassy park, like like manicured uh, designed park. It's more like going out to the beach and like seeing Mm. the nature kind of park, which is cool.
1: It really does prove that New York has everything because there's also ATV trails out there. And I nearly got ran over by three preteens while walking (laughs) along an ATV trail. It was actually, that was the one, yeah, that was the one day that it was not rainy enough to be able to walk through that area. Almost every day, otherwise, it was either raining or drenched ground. So to walk through the area was to get your feet totally submerged in mud oh god so part of the reason that it was uh making the transition here for solicitation was that there's a bathroom at marine park which is a valued commodity while we're doing these walks and inside the bathroom this week i ended up making an acquaintance (laughs) he was there every day his name was adam and he uh set up shop in the bathroom, uh, especially on the rainy days. Ah, so like someone was living in the bathroom. Yeah. Essentially, yeah. So the, the first day I went in there and there was a man that was just propped up against the hand dryer. And uh, that's fine, except, you know, so I'm the only other one in there and the hand dryer is like directly next to the urinals. So I'm using the urinal and there's a man three feet away from me, just kind of like looking at me. And then uh, I wash my hands and, uh, you know, he's up against the dryer, so I'm not gonna use it. We're not exchanging any words. At this point, fairly common exchange in New York City. You know, there's just somebody in the bathroom. And particularly on the rainy days, walking around the city, there are always people in the bathrooms just kind of hanging out.
0: There was one rainy day, just an aside, uh, a couple weeks ago where it was our first, like, cold rainy day and I was not super prepared for that. And a couple times, Mike went to the bathroom to use the bathroom and I went to the bathroom to use the hand dryers only. So like, I understand the feeling now of wanting to just be on the hand dryer on a cold rainy day. Yeah. So anyway.
1: So uh, the way that our route is constructed, you're able to, uh, we're able to use this bathroom twice. So I came back to that bathroom again and he was in there and uh, we started having a conversation a little bit just to because, you know, he uh, started getting a little awkward and, and asking, you know, do, you, do I want to use the hand dryer? And I was like, no, that's okay, man, no problem. And uh, at that point we had broached the, uh, you know, the conversation barrier. Tuesday I'm again, it was not a rainy day. He was outside on one of the benches lounging. We immediately recognized each other. He said, hey, I said, hey. Uh, he said, if you have any money, uh, you know, I could, I'd appreciate it. And I said, uh, okay, you know. Uh, and uh, and I was like, I'm gonna go use the hand dryer. He was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that was day two. Wednesday, he wasn't around. That was the sunniest day. So wherever he hangs out on the sunny days, that's where he was, I guess. Thursday was the rainiest day that we had. And uh, I went in the bathroom and lo and behold, he's at the hand dryer again, uh, just sitting on back of it, warming his hands. I had on a, a whole rig for the rain that day, which included like suspender pants, you know, and uh, a big coat. And so I was contemplating, you know, taking off my clothes uh, a little bit more in order to pee easily. And so I made my way to the the one stall that was in this bathroom. And he was like, oh, no, if if you go in there, I have to take all my clothes out of that space. And I was like, (laughs) no, that's fine. you, You don't need to do that then. And so I, uh, I managed to like unhitch one of my suspenders and take off my coat and just pee in the stall or not penis pee in the urinal. And uh, when I'm done, I wash my hands. And, and then I, I say to him, you know, today I'd, I'd, I'd like to use the hand dryer. And he was a little concerned. Uh, and he was like, Oh, uh, uh, okay. Okay. But let me, I need to push the button for you. So I was like, Okay, so he, he kept pushing the button for me while I was drying my hands because he didn't want the dryer to get wet because I had some, you know, wetness associated with the rain. But I mean, you know, it worked out pretty well. I, as far as I was concerned, it was a fine exchange. Uh, I should also say that throughout the week, there were people that were going into the bathroom and then immediately leaving because this man was here and they were concerned about whatever his vibe was, so, but we had found a pretty good rapport. <laughs> And, uh, and then the final day, to this point, I hadn't really had any significant conversation with him. I hadn't learned his name. I was leaving our house, and I saw a $20 bill on the ground right after. And I was like, oh, I immediately know where this is going. So I, I stuck it in my pocket. Uh, it was pretty rainy again. I had on a different outfit. And, uh, you know, 19 miles later, I'm at the Marine Park bathroom. And uh, I go inside and, and he's like, oh, you're looking good today. And I was like, oh, thank you very much. I had on a different outfit, uh, different set of rain gear. And uh, I went to go to the urinal. I, I don't have to typically go that much when I have to go to the bathroom. Basically, anytime we find a bathroom, we go because-
0: Because you never know when you, another one's coming. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> and the bathrooms in the city close at 4 p.m. So like, you really don't want to have a full tank. You want to be able to go as much as possible, and so I'm there, and you know he's in his spot on the dryer, a couple of feet away from me, and I'm like having a hard time getting the the pump going, and uh, he he mumbles under his breath like, "Do you need me to turn the water on?" and then like stops, like because you know he knows that I'm just standing there waiting to try and figure out how to get it going, uh, but I eventually do get it going, and uh, I. Uh, I say that, you know, I say to him when I'm done, uh, so do you like, do you, do you come here often? Do you like hang out here? And he, uh, you know, we have a little bit of a conversation. Obviously there, this conversation is a little bit stilted because there's some sort of, uh, you know, mental, uh, issue, uh, disability. I don't know what I, I, I kind of think maybe he's schizophrenic or something like that. That was kind of the read I got on it, but it's hard for him to have conversation. So, you know, we were able to, you know, he, he goes there because it's dry and apparently nobody really bothers him at the park as far as like the Rangers or anything like that. And, uh, and then, yeah, I was able to give him the, the $20 bill. I was like, hey, I found something. And uh, as soon as I found it, I, I thought of you, which must've been a weird conversation for him. I mean, I can only imagine he's seeing a guy in a different outfit <laughs> completely every day come in and use the dryer. We recognize each other. He's being talked to by, you know, so I don't know what he's thinking I'm going to have in my pocket, you know, but ultimately I have a $20 bill. And, uh, and he was very pleased yeah. that he had a 20, uh, to I, his name. I like that end because at first you just said, I know where this is going. And you're like, and then I put it in my pocket. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, Oh, I guess that's where that was going. Yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I told him I was walking a marathon a day, which probably seemed just as crazy to him. And then <laughs> <laughs> he was like,
2: really you, you think I'm the crazy <laughs> yeah. one? And you're walking
1: 10 hours a day? I'm yeah. Like, okay. yeah. <laughs> okay. And uh, so he was appreciative for the 20. He asked where I was from originally. I said Long Island. He, uh, I asked where he was from, and uh, I was like, And he, he didn't un- understand really. And I was like, You know, like Brooklyn or Manhattan. He was like, Manhattan. I was like, Okay, and then uh, we departed, and I suspect we will not see him again. I mean, maybe we will, maybe we won't, but he uh, shortly thereafter walked off to, I guess, a deli or somewhere to, to find somewhere to spend the $20, so. Yeah. I don't know. It was a an interesting week of learning about Adam. Interesting. You know? Yeah. And
2: probably became more... Uh, more enriching to the experience than if you just hung out around there Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, yeah
0: well it's interesting to me like we are in a position where we're really dependent on these public spaces of the bathroom particularly and especially right now because you know pre-covid we thought oh well we could also go to starbucks we could also go to whatever stores go into a bar if we need to to use the restroom now it's like it's only the public bathrooms is really the only place that we would use and um, it there's something that I guess I don't even know if I have the words for it but we're out there these people are out there like it's sort of like it's like re-leveling the playing field to some degree where I feel like like we have no choice really but to use the bathroom. So like you say you saw people go in and then see this guy and get freaked out and leave and it's like we kind of have to move through that feeling of like, oh there's someone in here, this makes me a little uncomfortable. What's gonna happen? Is this person gonna like attack me or whatever? And like obviously if there was someone in the bathroom with a knife where like you know we wouldn't do that. But like oh there's someone using the hand dryer to stay warm. That's, that's like just another human that's using the hand dryer to stay warm and like, it, that's fine. It's no different than like another human that just it happens to be using the bathroom. This, this person just is maybe homeless or ex, you know, experiencing some sort of struggle with shelter. And like at this very particular moment, we are also 15 miles from our home and have no way to get back except for to walk through the rain. Because we've chosen that that's what we're doing um, and it, I don't know it like creates a connection does that make sense
2: I think that makes sense yeah yeah, but yeah. It, yeah it creates a, a connection between you and this uh, unexpected visitor of life <laughs> and uh, you're journeying together through this connectivity of seeing each other repeatedly mm-hmm. and having these experiences yeah. and then you're yeah, I, th- I think then uh, this idea of leveling playing field of resources because if you're not at home, you have to use the same resources as everyone else mm-hmm. yeah. in your places that are outside of your home place. Yeah, and I think that if you're using those places, it becomes very important to share them.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. We had another, our, I had another bathroom encounter several weeks back under the Verrazano Bridge. There's this bathroom, and I was again in full rain gear. And there was somebody that was using the hand dryer and just generally like seeking, you know, a space that was dry. And he saw me in our, my full outfit and he said, Oh, that's, that's good. You know, you're, you're looking like you're protected. And I was like, Yep. He's like, why, uh, why seek shelter when you can wear it? <laughs> that's a like, great line. All right, have nice. a good night. Wow, a good day. That, that's a great line. Yeah, <laughs> we have another park that we visited while we were around there, which was, uh, <coughs> yeah. Just game. Shirley Chisholm Park. Is have this you- the Queen? Yes. Check.
0: Mm.
2: see that coming, did she? Are
0: you trying to eat the queen or the king? The king, right?
1: Yes. To be clear, I have not played chess in over a decade. Good. I always think it's funny whether people
2: say eat or take when they're talking about chess pieces. Do people
0: actually say eat?
2: People actually... Oh, good. I said
0: it because I thought it was kind of funny. I thought maybe that could maybe be what people say. I've heard people say say both. I I kind of just said it because I thought it was...
2: I've heard people say both, which I think is kind of odd. Yeah, But apparently it's a thing. I don't know. I don't play chess with enough people to know. Um, I've I've played more chess during this, uh, in this period of time of the pandemic than I had in any previous part of my life, probably. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I mean, I hadn't played chess in, like, over 10 or 12 years, probably. And then I've played, like, constantly since March. Which is actually not saying a lot. Uh, Not, it's not impressive to share that detail after seeing that I'm not playing that well, but.
1: Well, uh, we're doing two things at once.
0: Yeah, can I ask just one question? Can the pond move side to side or only straightforward?
1: Only straightforward. Only straightforward. Or diagonally to take a piece. So Shirley Chisholm Park was another park we visited. And I would say that's something that I would highly recommend visiting as well it opened in 2019 and it's a converted landfill which is a park we a park type we had experience with when we were out in Staten Island as well and it's really nice expansive the landfill terrain is largely inaccessible to the visitor so what you do instead is there's a several trails that go around the area and then you kind of observe what is marine scrubland i guess i would call it i don't know if that is something that naturally would occur i'm curious mm. to find out because it's really beautiful
0: those marshes
1: yeah well yeah. i don't know if that's marsh i don't know if Shirley chisholm is marshland necessarily Maybe it is. I, I it doesn't it doesn't seem as uh, wet as the marine park, and also not lower. It's like it's not as low to the ground. It seems seems like it has some elevation to it, as opposed to marine park. Okay. Uh, nevertheless, I I'm just curious. Like you know, it seems like after hundreds or thousands of years, you wouldn't have that much clear territory, in like a temperate climate zone. Like there'd be trees and stuff like that that would settle there. But I really don't know. So.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Either way, it's a really beautiful area to walk around. You've got like this really expansive sight lines, and there's a pier at, well, there's multiple piers, but there's one large pier at the end of the park, and there's a lot of people fishing there. And I don't know if you've noticed this from walking around the coastal areas of the city or not, but there is a really, Interesting, thriving fishing culture community. I mean, I, I don't even know if it's weird because I don't know if I could consider it one culture because it's literally yeah. the fishing traditions from all around the world mm. present in New York City.
2: Oh, wow, cool. Um, I don't know much about it. I've witnessed, actually, I really don't know anything about it. I've, I just know that the parts of the city that are on. Water and with at least remnants of that old industry, uh, they have a really unique flair to them, mm-hmm. like South Street Seaport. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but I don't really know. I wouldn't claim to know other areas. I mean, I, I've been to um, uh, I'm forgetting. I think in Gowanus or Red Hook, maybe Red Hook, there was a yeah. place with like. Um, there's actually a theater on a boat out there.
0: Oh, cool!
2: Uh, yeah, some friends were doing something on a barge. I think it's called barge theater. But actually, I really don't remember what it's called,
1: unfortunately, it was just a few years ago. But um,
2: yeah, good interview response,
1: Lauren. That's, yeah. I mean, you added to it, I don't know. There's, <laughs> yeah. you know.
0: There's, yeah, I mean, I think in Red Hook there is a fishing community, and then also, like we've noticed it a lot on the bridges, um, like going out to I guess, that, and it's mostly kind of like further out, like going out to the beaches, like out on Jamaica Bay. And it's I, like, we've really only seen a handful of people actually catch anything, yeah. which is interesting. I'm curious if it's people fishing for food or people fishing for sport and how much of a mix up there is. Um, we did see one time we saw someone catch a fish and then immediately let it back. So that would seem like someone fishing as a hobby. But then another time we saw someone catch a fish, this was just this week at Shirley Chisholm, and it was a big old one, it was a big old fish. And he caught it and then like a neighboring fisherman was yelling over at him like, "Oh, that's a blue fish! That's a blue fish! Good for eating! Good for eating! Keep that! Put that in the cooler! Cook it up! Grill it up!" And like, yeah, and the guy was kind of like, "Okay," <laughs> but he's like, it was like an older wow. gentleman yelling about how to cook the blue fish.
2: Wow! He was like so excited. That, so that's what I have most days for lunch: yeah. quinoa. You're gonna want to cook quinoa with that.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: All right.
1: Yeah, but there's yeah, so that guy that was telling him what it was in broken English was Asian and the group of guys that had just caught the fish were Hispanic and like there yeah, it it's cool. We've seen we've A seen people like doing net yeah. fishing, doing you know, things. where like they're wading in the water yeah. and throwing the nets as well as like the net fishing that has the poles and you like kind of loop around and yeah, it's just fascinating to think that there are it's not exclusively immigrant culture. There are also like a lot of like we've seen a lot of white working class folks that are maybe native New Yorkers for multiple generations fishing off of uh, bridges and whatnot. In fact, I there was an earlier podcast episode where I talked about somebody throwing a pod a uh, reel and a rod into my hands as I was passing by so that I could reel the fish up for them. And uh, I don't know. It just it it strikes me as something for. I don't think I would want to do it, but like fertile territory for somebody that is a documentary, you know, who wants to do like a, a web series or something like that, just going to any one of these piers and interviewing people, finding out how they got to the city and, and what their experience is with fishing, why they do it, because re- there isn't, it's it's more common than not to find people along a stretch of shoreline that are fishing mm-hmm. in the city, you know?
0: yeah. I would agree with that
1: yeah and so yeah so that I would I would say of all the area that we traversed this week, Shirley Chisholm and Marine Park are the two places that I would recommend for people that are that haven't been to that area to go out and see. Good to know yeah I don't know that area at all yeah how about yourself?
0: Yeah, well, I actually made, I made a note in my phone earlier and I wrote Marine Park and Shirley Chisholm, wild nature preserves, really beautiful. I think that's what my note said. Highly recommend.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Note to self.
0: Note to self to tell others. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we've told it now. So uh, yeah, I, and I think there's actually like a nice, I think the Greenway, the bike trail goes Mm -hmm. along that. So I don't, do you bike?
2: I've been trying. Yeah. I hadn't really biked in this city this whole time that I've lived here, yeah. Um, I biked when I lived in Portland, and I've never really yeah, I've just I've been always a little too scared to bike here almost. Yeah. but um so I ended up trying I've been forcing myself to try a bit lately.
0: yeah. So. I think the Greenway is kind of a really interesting or probably like a good intro to biking because it's it's in most do you know about it in most places it's separate from the road like it's a separate bike lane and it's usually a protected bike lane which is really nice our friend nina that was on the podcast a couple weeks ago did a lot of work with the brooklyn greenway and that's how i know about it but yeah it kind of follows like the coast of the borough
1: yeah do you
2: drive Um, I haven't had a car uh, since I moved to the city. I got rid of a car on my way here. Um, But I still have a license here. Why do you ask? Do you drive?
1: Well, another part of the walk was that we go through the East New York, East Flatbush area. And somebody asked me this week on the bagel post. Oh, did you
0: hear that Mike said check? Yeah, he's okay. moving. Oh, good, okay. Oh, thanks,
2: thanks though. Thanks for looking out. Yeah.
1: That uh, they asked what East New York was like, so I was trying to think a little bit about how to answer that, and it definitely feels among the mo- mo- most urban sprawly of the city. So there's a lot of driving that goes on out there a lot of roads with many lanes, a lot of uh, auto body repair, a lot of fast food places, which has been kind of, that's that's a crazy thing. I, how, much do you, how much do you think about fast food? Probably not a lot, right? Especially not in the city. And you go, you, we, we walk like around six o'clock or so. If you walk around an area like I think it's our turn it's our turn you walk around an area like East New York where there's a lot of cars and around six o'clock you'll see lines of people at fast food restaurants getting their dinner Uh, and I mean I that makes that makes sense like rationally you know I don't know when I think of fast foods I think like maybe lunch or just like an occasional thing But then when you see this at night, you're like, no, there are like hundreds, thousands of people that get their food every night at Wendy's, McDonald's, things like that. Hashtag America. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, you wonder, I mean, I I think a lot of these areas are also what we would consider to be like a food desert. So, or like a grocery store food desert, produce desert, right? And so if you are living in a place where your option is to either like drive pretty far to go get produce or groceries or you know and like and then compounded by like maybe you've worked all day and you don't have time to like prepare food going to a fast food place that's like nearby your house it might be the same price as like the groceries going to get prepared like healthy food is definitely more expensive it becomes such a tricky thing to think about. Like, I don't know if there's, I don't know what the solution would be.
1: Well, and I, I mean, I, I sort of thought a lot about it. it. It's definitely stunning for me to see it, but really how different is that from living in Greenpoint or Williamsburg and ordering from Calexico on a night? Like as far, as, not... as, far as caloric intake and things mm. like that. Or like getting a slice it's, of pizza yeah. or it's something. Like, it's yeah. like fresher you know, or I guess, you know, Yeah. but it's like, you know, in terms of, like, health, uh, maybe negligible, you know, like, marginally better, you
0: know? Yeah, that's true. Uh, I'm not, yeah, I really
2: don't know, I'm not studied on this
1: topic. Yeah. But just the idea of, like, seeing people in their car capsules picking up fast food, it's like, you know.
0: In New York City, it feels like, yeah, that feels almost like a suburban thing, too. You've
2: taken two of my pawns?
0: I just took one.
2: When, when did this happen? Where were you?
0: The one, the little one over there that's on the right, on my right, your left side, I just took that and knocked it off. I did that.
1: So in addition to that, there's also, it, it kind of seems to me like the cultural interactions in that, in that area seem to be more based around, like, neighborhood block, like, stoop or park. And I say that because it's hard for me to identify where there are, like, commercial areas where people hang out. You know, like, in around here, there might be a bar or something like that, which is not to say that those areas don't exist around there, Mm. but it seems like it's, uh, it's something that... I I don't know. There's just not really like a, a main street, that, at least that we saw. And it, it might also just be that people go to different parts of Brooklyn, and there's not a lot of places like that there. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's definitely not... Lauren stole a piece. There's Lauren stole a <laughs> piece? That's good. I got my, my magic eye.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: What were you going to say? Well, it's interesting. The thing that struck me the most about walking through East New York and Brownsville and those areas was just, like, how big the neighborhoods are too and how much it feels, like you said, sort of the urban sprawl. But um, I feel like I wonder what it's it's going to be like in the next however long, like how that will change and compared to... Maybe what even, like, these areas used to feel like and how the neighborhoods have just been so subdivided. And I think it's just for, like, real estate for people moving in. And when you get out there, I don't think there's as many subdivisions within the neighborhoods. Um, and then I don't know how much that just relates to, like, gentrification and people building, like, the ba- making the bars, bringing in, like, more places like that that would succeed because people with a little more money are moving in or something.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, something that I noticed with respect to – it's our turn. Something that I've noticed with <laughs> respect to uh, walking through that area, there were – we passed through several uh, housing projects. And they – you know how the typically the housing projects will have like a uh, – courtyard situation. And the ones that we walked through were like really nice. Like uh, I was telling Jesse, they reminded me of Germany. Like we visited like Hamburg and uh, there's tall buildings with like big open courtyard situations, lots of greenery was very clean. There was some nice graffiti art that were, that was up around like mural art. And, uh, and no, it's fine. And, uh, but there was constant police presence where we were and it was not because they were responding to a report. It's just because they were there to monitor the situation. And we're, you know, just speculating about like what that does to a community to have police presence constantly there even when things are perfectly fine. And and it may be that the people that live there, you know, feel safer because of that I, I you know we don't know
0: i guess that's possible i mean i i just assume it's that's not the case that it would mm. be like annoying to feel like you're being watched right and it would make you feel se- like like othered in a way yeah. but but you i mean but i guess i don't know from personal experience i don't live there so i don't know how it feels
1: yeah so i because i know that if uh, there was a Uh, a patrol car just circling our block, I would be very uncomfortable and wouldn't want to live there, you know? So I think, you know, when you're talking about historically how things have been uh, set up by the government in order to make an area what it is, I think that's another component as well, like trying to, there's this kind of stereotype, we've talked about this on the podcast previously, of like what a bad neighborhood is And that's something that's been, you know, hammered into us through the media that like East New York is a bad neighborhood. And that's not something that we agree with or really wanna continue to have part of our vocabulary is the concept of bad neighborhoods, period, you know? And I think that's reinforced by this idea that's like, well, because it's a bad neighborhood, there needs to be police to maintain order constantly, you know? And I don't know, it just, it felt really like disappointing to see an area that I felt just removed from all context was a pleasant place to be in you know like just green and open and I could imagine there being like a vibrant community there and then it's like the the, the law and order flip side is like well at night it's dark and you know right. you're there are people hiding around the corners and there are You know people looking to hurt you and steal from you and and so we're here to make sure that that doesn't happen
0: yeah and meanwhile actually our only interaction with anyone like aside from just us viewing it in that particular area was on one of the days there was a woman walking down the street and she was carrying a, a box and passed us and as she was passing us said oh hey they're um they're giving out food Over in that building, if you want it, if you need it, they're you know they're giving out food like a mutual aid thing, and like you know we don't live there, and if anything it would be cumbersome for us to take the food, and we you know we're not in need of it at the moment, but it was like so nice that she wanted to include us in that offer. Yeah. And it's like the opposite of feeling unsafe. It was someone wanting to like offer every single person she saw on the street to let them know that there was an opportunity to get food if you need it.
1: So I wanted to share this. I don't know if you noticed this uh, earlier. Oh, I noticed it. Yeah. Yeah. Every year. Sons of the Harpy, I think it's called. Yeah. We managed to leave out like convenient facts on each podcast. Today's Halloween. It took us an hour Half and 19 minutes, Halloween. I think, to mention that. Well, we
0: mentioned the cop car playing the thriller. Oh yeah. And the monster mash. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. no, that's but. true.
1: <laughs> but not not why they were doing that. No. Yeah. And every year for Halloween, for the past nine years, uh, I think nine, I've made a Halloween mask. Yeah. And so this year, wow, I made I one remember. out of our you didn't know stickers. That?
2: Yeah. I don't think I remember that In fact. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Probably at some point over the years, I would have seen it.
1: Typically, we'll see how badly this impacts the audio. <laughs> Typically, I do something that doesn't actually have a, uh, like a costume element to it, which is to say, like, I'm not anybody, right? Like, I am the highly varlet mask. The only year I've done one where I was a costume, I was Eli Cash uh, from the Royal Tenenbaums. Uh, the Owen Adam Wilson character. character. Oh, excellent! When yeah. he uh, when he stuff. gets that face paint on, you know, and right. then draws. At the very the end, wedding.
0: when he's like.
2: So I admit I saw that movie once when I was 16. I don't remember it.
0: Okay. I'm I remember
2: pretty the... sure
1: you're in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Amazing! I
2: will have to go remember myself. Yeah. By the way, I took your queen when you looked away. I just want to admit that. Oh, that's good.
1: (laughs) This is Lauren chess. This is not real chess. So it's going back now.
0: Oh. Oh.
1: So this year, I wanted to do something that would allow me to remember what it is that we're doing, Mm -hmm. which is what I generally do most years. So one year, I went to Stockholm. Uh, Stockholm fancy, and I made a mask of Sweden, the Swedish flag, and uh, another year we went to Europe and I bought beads in every city that we visited. So we visited six cities in a year and I bought beads in each city and made a mask out of that. So this year I wanted to be able to remember that we were doing this marathon project and so I purchased a mask. That was already, you know, like a plastic cheap mask yeah. at a at a Halloween store, cool. and then I applied our stickers to it. The yeah.
2: sticker looks great, guys. Next.
0: Thank yeah. you.
1: I've got mine here.
2: Twenty twenty, total clarity. Was did you design this before the pandemic started? We did. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. We did. We ordered it. We had we ordered 5,000 stickers. We <laughs> had the whole thing planned out. We were supposed to start on March 21st. I think
1: it's more relevant oh than God. ever. I'm honestly. sorry, guys. Yeah, no,
0: sorry. it's. Yeah. I mean, I please total, laugh. Total it's, clarity. Yeah.
2: It's a uh, it's a bit of shot in Freud. I'm sorry, guys. Yeah. Um, if it makes you feel any better, I program concerts, uh, and I uh, like as a part-time gig. And I think we canceled like ten or twelve shows when this happened. Yeah. yeah. So I, I kind of feel your pain, not to the extent of I bought five thousand stickers, pain. But uh, I, I we still I, sticking them. And I, think I think it's
0: I think, super relevant. I think so too. I, I mean, think. we we said, you know, we said it like, oh, 2020 total clarity, like, haha, glasses, funny, and thinking. You know, like it's an election year, and other than that, probably won't be that exciting of a right. year, but that's a big deal. Well, right? it's, I mean, and then it we was get into the year and it's like, okay, well, now it, yeah. there's way more going on than the, yeah. I mean, the election's coming out or yeah. coming up. This, this podcast will air on election day. Right. So there is like a lot of energy in the air right now, but there's been a lot of energy in the air since the beginning of the year that we, we certainly did not expect. Um, but yeah, we're, we're trying to gain total
2: clarity someone by the way has been taking our photo very sneakily i think i think the cameras attract some degree of attention of like which uh which board member of our csa is doing an interview in the park uh, because we definitely look like you know pretty dry toast potential interviewers or interviewees people could see us and say are they talking about the best Uses of a Chemex or an Aeropress. Oh, who's talking? I better eavesdrop. Check out this pink unicorn over here.
1: Oh wow! Oh, oh my, my gosh! God. For sorry. those keeping score, at sorry home, to get us off track. Oh there my is God. a woman in a pink unicorn in costume, come be like interviewed. Yeah, akin to the. We have so many questions for t-rex. you. A very popular T-Rex outfit from the past few years. Do you have plans for tonight? Are you going anywhere or doing anything um, for Halloween?
2: We're just staying in. We're going to watch. Um, we're gonna watch kind of like a, about half of our quote unquote pod so the people we feel safe being around who have been around since March. Um, I think just four of us are gonna watch like a roll doll or something. Nice. I think there's like a new series okay based fun. on yeah, wait, I'm probably getting wrong what movie or series is made by doll, but um, based on doll's writing but um, cool.
1: Yeah, these details are not coming out of my face well. So sorry, guys. That's fine. We we don't have any uh, financial investment in the Road Doll series. I don't know if it's our turn or your turn anymore. You've stolen so many pieces.
2: No, I put them all back. I, on Scout's
1: honor. Yeah. I you could, you should go, Jesse. Is I've it my turn? A, sure.
2: Please, though, later, give me a cut of just me distracting you to take the queen, because it's on <laughs> camera. Okay. Sure. Imagine. Yeah. That was the best part.
1: Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll blow up into your hand and then your face, looking at you sneakily. Thank you.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So sure. there's something I wanted to read, because I thought maybe you'd appreciate it. Um, I have been texting this demon since it, since August. <laughs> <laughs> Her name is Lilith, after Lilith. Uh-huh. Which, I don't know. Are you familiar with that character? Yeah,
2: yeah the Eden and uh, the Adam and Eve friend. She Third has, meal.
0: like, yeah, there's that. Right. She's also, like, I guess in many different myths in different uh, religions. Like, there's the Christianity version. There's the right. Jewish version. Right, there's... so
2: you've been texting a, so a I've demon. Been,
0: I've been texting a, a particular demon called Lilith, and she messages me on the new moon typically but today is a blue moon which is the second time a full moon arrives in one month and it's on Halloween and I heard from someone that it was a particularly good day to cast spells and so I asked her if she had any suggestions for spells to cast. And can I read her response?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So she said, it is a good day for spells. And last time there was a full moon on Halloween was right after 9-11. We're in Scorpio month, so I'd recommend to cast spells about transformation, death, and birth. Don't kill people, she said in parentheses, but those things that you want to end and intense intimacy. Spend time thinking what deep-rooted change you and we in the world need and bring it to life. Good luck, tell me how it went. Heart emoji.
2: Nice. Interesting, would you like to give us a little context or backstory on how you came to be texting with consistency, a demon?
0: Oh, is that not a common thing?
2: (laughs) No, not not lately. Yeah, so it's
0: actually, I, it's an art project, right? And I don't know the person that is doing it, but our friend Ariel, who you know, yep. who was on the podcast a couple weeks ago as well. A- uh, Abraham. Uh-huh. Yeah. He made a post about this project and I clicked through it and I signed up to be part of the text list.
2: Okay, so, you, so it's probably, you know, it's not, it's not him, but it's probably him. It might. what you're saying.
0: Oh, no, no. I don't think it is Ariel. But I mean, I it's guess Ariel. it could be. Good point. I don't think so. It's I Ariel. think it is like, this is a, either a friend of mine or a friend of a friend of mine that's doing this. Oh,
2: okay.
0: I'm going to try and find that oh, original intre- oh, thing that I found. Okay, and yeah. we'll put it in the notes. Because yeah. it's, it's been really yeah. fun. I've it's enjoyed a... getting this every month about every time there's a new moon. She sends... Uh,
2: That's amazing, a long yeah. note
0: about what this moon means and yeah. encourages people to get out their demons and draw a picture of it and cover it with a bowl to trap it. And, uh, and yeah. And then this one in particular is about, you know, casting spells for transformation. And it seems like a good time. I thought it related to our, our total clarity concept as well. While we are going through sort of a tough year as a entire humanity,
1: yeah.
0: uh, everyone's experiencing it differently. It, it seems yeah. like a nice time to sort of cast some personal spells. Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, so we noticed you just brought something out of your bag. These are tarot cards. Yeah.
0: What did you bring those for?
2: I thought maybe I would read some tarot for you today. Um, just a thought.
0: I would love that. Inar, I actually, maybe, this might have been another premonition, I had made some notes and one of my notes said, tarot cards, (laughs) because I was wondering if you were still doing it. I was going to maybe just ask you about it, and then I also thought, it's possible that he might bring them along. So sure, I would love that.
2: Yeah, okay. Um, Who would like a reading?
0: Me first? Sure. Okay. All right, would one of
1: you like, a, would you like a, a real reading or a fake reading? Probably the one that involves precision of time. You wanna, I don't know you how like, long, I, 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 I mean, I've seen they could take either a half hour or an hour, and that's not something that's yeah no, going to be sustainable. Yeah, let's so. just do
2: a one-card reading. Yeah, that okay. sounds good. And um, let's make it a sincere one to start. And okay. we can always do a jokey sure. reading okay. later. All right. All right, kids.
0: So it's me first? Uh, or actually, wait.
2: I'm actually no longer having other people shuffle oh, okay, the cards. Oh, right.
0: okay,
2: um, Because of the
0: sanitization. No,
2: I, I think also just generally don't really do that anymore. Okay. I don't really read that often, to be honest, anymore, but every now and then I train. Is there a topic you'd like to be thinking on in particular? Or any particular question?
0: Let's think because I, because I just read that spell suggestion from my demon i'd like to think about what i should be focusing on when i make my halloween spell tonight
2: what spell should jesse be asking uh, should be making rather for halloween all right so you got the the king of pentacles the king of pentacles is a grounded leader who is King of the family of cards, most associated with uh, the accumulation of wealth and prosperity, and um, you know having a really great beard with like lo- you know real golden locks, you know kind of like a Viking. It's really like a it's really like a Viking character sort of, you know. Um, and he's got a starfish on a stick. All right, next question. <laughs> is that,
0: or, I go again? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, um, I only thought I had one. Oh,
2: sorry. Wait. I, I guess I didn't really answer. You. I didn't really tell you what that meant or anything. We could. I mean, if you wanted to do the more you know dry humor run of this, I could just not give you any suggestions as to what this is. Um,
0: well, yeah. No, I'd like to know what does that mean for me.
2: A spell. If I was, a, if you're asking what kind of spell because you've been texting a demon, it's an unusual question, yeah. um, it's not a category of life or something, you're you're asking about a spell. It means that you should probably be making a spell um, to bring about conditions in your life that are conducive to living like the king of pentacles, okay. in which case might have to do with um, uh, calming the nerves and being in touch with nature. Maybe try to, in the near future, you know, on a, say, pick a sunny day and go with one or two friends to a park and maybe sit in the park for a while. Just kind of take in the, the rays of sun and um, and just try to clear the mind a little bit. And uh, let me just go ahead and read from the book. I don't really remember much about the King of Pentacles. Okay. I am rusty. That's okay. But I knew that this was the Halloween edition of the highly varlet Total Clarity 2020 Best Year Ever podcast. (laughs) In spite of his warrior dress and glittering royal crown, the King of Pentacles is a jovial son of the earth. He doesn't seek out the lords and ladies of his kingdom, as does his wife, the queen, but prefers the farmers who till the soil and work hard for their living. He enjoys animals too, as their unquestioning connection with nature is similar to the way he would like his subjects to be. He too has worked hard all his life and through steadfast and solid effort has won a great estate and much success. He also has a terrific array of hats. Now he wishes to enjoy it and preserve it for his queen and their children. Big hearted and energetic and practical matters, he has no use for claymation or intellectuals, and makes no effort to understand esoteric ideas. His only scholarly skill is to be found in mathematics because he finds the predictability and accuracy of numbers to be eminently practical in his affairs. In other ways, he is slow to change, possesses little taste, and his social graces are fairly raw, such as when he has crumbs in his beard. He is truly a quote-unquote rough diamond. So that's what the book has to say about the king of pentacles um so because you've been as you said uh texting a demon um mm-hmm. and the and this 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 demon figure ha- has been asking you to cast a spell um, i would say maybe the spell is relating to embodying the vibe of the King of Pentacles. This is what we'd call in tarot circles uh, the vibe draw. Mm-hmm. So uh, what vibe are we drawing today for your demon text spell? It's very common um, your scenario. And I want you to know there's nothing to worry about. Um, people are often text by demons. Uh, demons named Kathy. Demons named Katie. Demons named Tree. Demons named Carol. Demons named Sarah. Demons named Kathy.
1: More, more demons named Demons named
2: Tree. Demons named Sarah.
1: (laughs) So do you feel like you have enough information for how you're gonna cast your spell? I do. Yeah. Nice. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you for the reading. Anytime. I think that's. Do you get
0: to pick a card?
1: No, I think that's pretty much where we should. I think it's way more focused to have everybody think about what spell they're going to cast okay. at home okay,
0: for that's Halloween. Fair.
1: I don't really have a Halloween related question. Yeah, I mean, I guess when people are watching this, it is past Halloween. So you need to either retroactively cast a spell or you're thinking about what the election results are going to be today. So. Maybe there's already a host of spells that you already have in the chamber uh, that you're looking for the results, so I don't know. Let us know if you've cast a spell <laughs> and uh, how it went on Halloween or coming up. Uh, yeah. Thanks for uh, joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah. yeah. I mean,
2: been yeah. a, a neurotic delight and uh, <laughs> I'm not sure what we've accomplished, but I think that it will as the days unfold and as the election unfolds it'll tell us whether those spells are spells for the chamber of secrets yeah or spells for a chamber pot yeah yeah and as to you know which of those our country's going to
1: yeah and we never finish the game of chess but it's pretty wide open we'll leave in the uh, in the description who won but Thanks so much for listening and watching. And uh, yeah, till next week, take care.
0: Bye. Bye.